You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the November 11th episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. NFL Week 10, but first, unfortunately, 5-9 and nine minus 457 units last week. So that means we need to play a losing song. The tears are filling up this brings me no joy. No expression. No expression. Worst week of the season, my friends. Hide my head, I wanna drown my sorrow. I had Bears money no lines stolen from my grasp on Monday no night. Tomorrow. And I find it kinda funny. <sighs> find it kinda sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. Bad week, worst week of the season. So I had to whip out a losing song. We're going to change up the losing song. Every every time that we have to play one, we'll change it up. The winning song will stay the same. The losing song will change it up. But as I said, 5 and 9 minus 4.57 minus 4. units. Um, but now that the losing song has been played, we are moving on from that. And we are getting into week 10. We are putting that week behind us. And we are officially halfway through the road to 272 bets so at the halfway mark my friends we are sitting at 82.54 for plus 26.06 units so yes even though i had a bad week last week if you told me at the start of the nfl season that at the halfway mark i would be up 26 over 26 units 26.06 units i would be absolutely ecstatic so let's focus on that let's focus on the big picture there are going to be losing weeks. We know that. I knew that going in. Even after the hot start, I knew there was going to be a little bit of regression. I knew there was going to be a couple of bad weeks. But that's okay. We move on. And now we're on to NFL Week 10 of the season. Before we get into things, I'll just remind you that uh, to check with the new Bet-Sided podcast. Because the same morning that this podcast has been released, I will be on the Bet and Breakfast, the brand new Bet-Sided podcast. Check that out. Um, as soon as you're done listening to this, check out Bet and Breakfast. I think that should get released at around 10, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. So check that out. Now, before I get into today's picks, 
the topic that I want to talk to now I have actually been sent questions and I, I appreciate those people sending me in questions uh, through DM uh, I haven't checked the bacon bets podcast email account so if you've sent me emails I uh, haven't looked at those yet um, but I have looked at the DMs I do ha- I am gonna answer those questions but I'll save those for a later date uh, as my cat jumps up on the uh, on my desk here uh, what I want to talk about is a little bit more topical and it's something that you've probably seen me ranting about on Twitter um, and that is the uh, idea of rigged games. Let's have a little bit of an honest conversation about rigged games in professional sports, specifically, obviously, in the NFL. Because like everything else on the internet, it seems like there's a complete lack of nuanced opinions out there. You either A, think that games are rigged across league-wide and it's like a huge league-wide conspiracy and everyone's in on it, or the other side of things, you think anyone who thinks any games could possibly be rigged um, is a moron. Now, where the answer actually lies is, like in most cases, whenever you talk about something that has some nuance to it, is somewhere in the middle. And that's the voice, that's the opinion that I want to give a voice to. Because in my opinion, I mean, yeah, the people who say that the NFL is completely rigged, it's scripted. I had one guy tweeting at me saying it's as scripted as the WWE. And this is where I draw the line with most conspiracy theories is that once you include a hundreds and hundreds of people into a conspiracy theory, then, I mean, human beings, you would need every single person in that theory in, in the NFL to buy in on that. I mean, if you're talking about players purposely missing tackles and things like that, all you would need is one person who blabbed about the fact that the league was fixed in the NFL and the whole thing would would fall apart. So no, there's no way that the entire league is fixed. Anyone who says that, I mean, come on, think about it a little bit. Do you trust that like 300 plus people are all buying in? Not a single person lets it slip that it's fixed. Everyone, every single person buys in. Because, I mean, if you had to buy in the whole league, I mean, you ask one person, hey, by the way, this league is fixed. We need you to miss tackles here at the end of the game. You need one person to go, oh, screw that. I'm not doing that. And then release it to to the media. And then that's it. It's out. But at the same time, to think that refs, specifically referees, don't or can't possibly make calls because of some kind of biases that's equally as moronic now do do all refs have money on the games no and actually this is another one that, that most people think about is that um refs are in cahoots with the sports books and the sports books tell them uh who they need to win now do i believe that no i mean that's that's another thing then you're adding too many people that the whole thing gets a little bit too complicated but are we forgetting about the whole tim donahy situation it's been proven in the past that refs, I don't know if you all want to go and say fixed games, but they at least are making calls with the intent of of the result going one way or the other. Is as conservative as I think as I, as I, as I can say it. That's been proven. And if you really dive into the whole Tim Donahue situation, he wasn't just one bad actor. This was a whole system of referees, and it's been a while since I've read up on it, but I encourage you to do it. There's documentaries about it. There's podcasts on it. Um, and it was all like, I think I want to say like referees all came from like, some, like the same town in Connecticut. It goes deep. 
Anyways, what I'm saying, it's been proven that it's happened in the past. You'd be naive to think it doesn't happen anymore. Tim Donahue was just one bad actor and that's it. No. Now, are they in cahoots with the NFL? I mean, no, probably not. Are they in cahoots with sports books? No, probably not. But who knows what biases they have? Maybe they have money on the game. Maybe a friend of them has money on the game. Maybe, I don't know, there's a local bookie from their hometown who really needs a result a certain way. I have no idea. There are a million different reasons why a referee may tilt a game one way or the other. A million different reasons. Um, I mean, maybe it's not even a monetary thing. Maybe, maybe a ref just really doesn't like the other team. Maybe a player on the other team screwed his wife. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like a coach or a manager on the, on the other team. Maybe it's just a personal bias. But to pretend like the refs call every single game as fair as possible is beyond naive. I mean, anytime you bring money into a situation and you have humans who are in a position of power who can sway things one way or the other, shady shit is going to happen. Not every single person, not every single time, but shady shit is going to happen. That is just human nature. Uh, obviously, the reason why I bring this up, and you know this, is the Monday Night Football game. Now, did I complain more about this because I had money on the Bears? Yes. But even if I had money... Uh, um, well, I guess it was money line. So even if I like, even if I won my bet, I was on Bears money line. Obviously, even if I won my bet, and you brought this up to me, I would still say some some shady shit was going on. So if you don't know, if you didn't watch the Monday Night Football game, is one of the worst referee games I've seen uh, in recent memory. I think in this season, right? You got to say that the Bears got 12 penalties called on them for 115 total yards. Yards. The Steelers got five penalties for only 30 yards. And some of the penalties were unbelievable. Justin Fields got hit several times in what in today's day and age would be roughing the passer several times. There was that call down on the goal line where the Bears scored the touchdown and got called back for like a chop block or something, which was proven, A, to be inside the tight end box, so was legal, and B, didn't touch TJ Watt at all, so it didn't even have an effect on it. Bears ended up having to settle for a field goal. That was a momentum changer. And then the big one, which was the taunting call. Um, huge third down stop. Uh, the Steelers were out of field goal range at the time. The Bears player, I forget his name now, stared at the at the Steelers bench and he got called for taunting. And while he was running back to his own bench, there's video and I tweeted this out. The referee clearly purposely stepped in the way of the player and like hip checked him and then threw the flag. Now was the flag only for the hip check? No, the flag was apparently for the him looking at the other sideline. But still, why did he step in the player's way and hip check him? That's clear as day. And then after he threw the flag, he, he held the follow through like he just hit a game winning three point field goal. What's going on out there? Now am I saying definitely the game was rigged and, and, and definitely the referees had money on it and they fixed it? No. But something fishy happened that game that's not right there's either one of three things happened number one you think it was pure incompetence which he should be reviewed and and i don't know not allowed to ref anymore or suspended or fined if that was pure incompetence that almost makes it worse second it had some kind of he had some kind of monetary gain which who knows and then third he just had a personal bias against the bears I don't know, maybe he's a Packers fan or something. I don't know, but something was going on in that game. 
And then Monday or Tuesday, I guess the game the day after the game, uh, sports media, and of course the night of, I just had to let my cat out of my room because of course she doesn't want to be quiet while I record the, record the podcast. Um, everyone in sports media had opinion had an opinion about, it, and I got into it with Todd Furman. Who, by the way, I mean, he's never going to listen to this. He's got to take the head out of his ass. I don't know if there's anyone in sports betting media who thinks they're smarter than Todd Furman. Just because he was on a TV show, just because he wears a suit. All he does is tweet out vague, obvious sports betting advice and then belittle it like people who he thinks he's he's above. Which bugs me to begin with. He's, He's, I have a shit list of sports betting media and he's near the top. So he tweeted, he tweeted this, I've had enough of people saying sports are rigged. If you truly believe that, don't bet and don't watch them. You'll do the rest of us a huge favor. Officiating in pro sports leaves a lot to be desired, but insinuating they're all vehicles for sportsbook make you sound like a dolt. So I guess, I guess that's it. I guess we just need to not question any referee's decisions, no matter how bad they are, and just be like, huh, part of sports. I responded, number one, who said the rigging in favor of sports books could be for personal gain, which is my whole point of this conversation. And I said, two, are you just going to pretend like Tim Donahue thing didn't happen? If it happened once, it's unlikely it was a one-time thing. And he responded, Ian, so what exactly was he rigging? Going all in on Steelers' money line in the spot? Or was he calling penalties on the Bears, hoping they'd find a way to cover seven? And then he said, Donahue did, did his damnedest to fix totals, and where did I say never happened? Said it's a league-wide conspiracy said it's not a league-wide conspiracy on national TV. So yes, I agree with him on that point. But just because it's it's not a league-wide conspiracy doesn't mean you should say that um, anyone who believes that any game is rigged should not bet on them and not watch them because you'll do the rest of us a favor. Are you gatekeeping betting on sports? <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what he was rigging. Who knows? Maybe he had a huge parlay that in Steelers' money line for the last leg. I don't know. Maybe he did lay the juice on Steelers' money line. Maybe he didn't even have money on it. Maybe it's a personal bias. I don't know. But my, this is what it all comes down to that would fix this issue and that would satisfy me is that NFL referees need to be held accountable to some extent. I don't know. I mean, players get fined. All, if players, like, look at someone the wrong way, they get fined. Referees can completely shift the, the momentum of a game, completely shift the outcome of a game by blatantly wrong calls, and they get zero repercussions. None. Zero consequences. That's not right. That referee hip-checked a player. Imagine if a player hip-checked a referee, he'd be kicked out of the league. Not a peep from the NFL about their referee. What was it? What was this referee's name? Hang on, i got to look it, look it up for a second. Um, Tony, Tony Cornett. And then the NFL released a video on either Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, that was like some, it looked like some dystopian, um, uh, like government video where they're, they're just like, yes, we agree with the call on the play. It was taunting. Uh, what was the word that they used? What was the, what was the verbiage? He was posturing. The player was posturing, and therefore, it was the right call on the field, and we stand by the referee's decision. Okay, what about the hip check? What about the plays earlier? What about the non-roughing the call passing play passer plays on Justin Fields? What about the chop block call on the goal line that was not even close to being an actual penalty? What about all of those? What about the hip check? <laughs> that was so blatantly obvious, it's unbelievable. 
but they just ignore it. I just want accountability. I want some kind of accountability and some kind of consequences so the refs don't feel like they can just go on a power trip and get away with whatever they want. That's all I want. I'm not saying it's a league-wide conspiracy. I'm not saying the sports books are in on it. But the referees can do whatever they want for whatever motivation they have, and they can get away with it with zero consequences. That's my opinion, and I think that's the right opinion to have. The extremes on both sides are ridiculous, in my opinion. That's the right opinion. I just want some referee accountability. Is that too much to ask for? Is it? I don't think it is. If we hold the players accountable, why can't we hold the referees? He should not ref another game for the rest of the season. That was the worst referee game. And then to top it all off, he hip-checked a player, threw a flag, and held the follow-through like he was Steph Curry in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. What are we doing? What is he doing? Anyways, that was that was that's my long rant about, about the referees. Screw Todd Furman as well. He bugs me. Um thinks he's so smart because he was on TV. He's a he's a bum. Alright. That's all that's all I had to <laughs> subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it. Let's have let's have a good week. Let's get back on the winning side of things. This is the NFL week ten episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go. <laughs> Than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. Alright, here we go. Let's dive right into the picks here. I'm recording this very late at night. It's currently 10 after 1 in the morning. Uh, but I got my picks locked in. I got my notes here. Let's get into them. There are 14 games on the board. And we are starting with the Thursday night football game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to take the Ravens minus 7.5, minus 115 here in this one. I mean, I've been saying for the past handful of weeks now that the Dolphins are the worst team in the NFL, or at least they're down there. They're bottom three. People have still yet to catch on to that fact, though. Miami's offense ranks dead last in the NFL in yards per play. That's right. They have overtaken the Bears as the worst offense in the NFL. Dead last in yards per play. 23rd in opponent yards per play, so not a good defense either. 29th in average scoring margin at minus 9.7. Now, the Ravens' defense has disappointed so far this season. Not a good defensive unit. They rank near the bottom in most major defensive statistics. But, if I were to kind of play devil's advocate and back up Baltimore here, they have had an extremely tough start to their schedule. Games against the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Colts, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Vikings, all either very good or very solid offenses. Outside of their game against the Lions, uh, this is really just this is like the second bad team that they face this season, which is in stark contrast to a few teams out there who have played like a plethora of bad teams. This is really only the second bad, bad team that the Ravens are facing this year. I think they're going to run away with it on Thursday night. Now, one thing that I will say does concern me is that the Dolphins aren't terrible at stopping the run. They are 14th in the NFL in opponent yards per carry, whereas they're 20th in opponent yards per pass attempt. Uh, So their strength on defense is the run defense, but the Ravens overall are just 8th in yards per play, so I'm willing to look past that. Also, a little fun fact here. Dolphins defense gives up the most plays of 20-plus yards in the NFL. 48 plays against them of 20 plus yards while the Ravens are first in offensive plays of 20 plus yards with 44 
So watch for the Ravens to have a few explosive plays on Thursday night. I think they run away with it. Give me Baltimore. Minus 7.5 at minus 115. Falcons-Cowboys. Now this one makes me nervous. I am going to take the Falcons plus 9. By the way, I am on a ton of underdogs this week, which also makes me nervous because underdogs are covering at such a high rate this year. I forget what it is. I think it's like 58%. There's probably going to be some regression, but I I don't want to factor that in my handicapping. I want to handicap as true as possible. So... A lot of underdogs this week, and this is the first one. Falcons plus 9, minus 115. Um, public play as well. 65% of bets are on the Falcons. Anytime you get the public is on a big underdog, that concerns me. Um, and also makes me a little bit nervous because, to be fair, as a Falcons fan, I will admit, I mean, right now, hey, we are in a playoff spot right now, first of all. Seventh in the NFC, that is a playoff spot at <laughs> 4-4. Four four. Uh, I got to enjoy this while it lasts, but... To be fair, they have had an extremely weak schedule the past little bit. They have Dolphins they beat, Washington they just barely lost to, Panthers they lost to, Saints they beat. Uh, what was the, what was their other win? Other two wins. I forget now, I'm not going to look it up. But their schedule has been weak, so some of their stats might be a little bit misleading. But, I mean, I am on the Falcons and I do have reasons why. There are reasons to like the Falcons this week. First of all, the Cowboys defense, not good. 28th in opponent yards per play. They are sandwiched between the Texans and Jets in that stat. So if you think the Texans and Jets defense is bad, while well, the Cowboys is right there in between the two. Jets are 29th and Texans are 27th. Cowboys 28th. They're also 24th in yards per pass attempt. So Atlanta should be able to get something going through the air here. Also, shout out to Matty Ice. Um, finally getting some recognition on the internet. He has been fantastic this season. I think PFF tweeted out today since week three. I think he's been the highest rated quarterback. Most underrated quarterback of all time, no doubt in my mind when I say that. Um, and the Falcons are also uh, very good in the red zone. I think they're only one of two teams who have yet to score at least a field goal on their red zone trips. And they're also 12th in red zone touchdown scoring percentage. And the Cowboys are terrible in red zone defense. They're 25th. So, are the Falcons going to win outright? Likely not. I think it's going to be hard for them to keep up with this Cowboys offense. But, plus 9... That's a big number, and that's that's a that's a prime backdoor cover kind of number, it feels like. So give me the Falcons plus 9, minus 115. Moving on to the Bills and the Jets. I'm going to take the Bills minus 13, minus 105. Now, this might be the hardest game to handicap uh, of the entire week because, I mean, who are the Buffalo Bills? They are like the, uh, doc, is it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or is it Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde? I think it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's who the... Anytime I, th I, by the way, I think of that, I don't even, who is it who writes that? I don't remember anymore. Um, anyone watch Arthur when they were a kid? The cartoon? Arthur the Aardvark? Anytime I think of Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde, I think of the song in that one one episode. Dr. 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 Hyde, Dr. Hyde, Hyde, Jackal. Or however, Dr. Jackal, Jackal, Hyde, Jackal, Hyde, Hyde, Jackal. That's what it is. Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde. There was probably like five of you that understand that reference. <laughs> but anytime uh, I hear the name of that, what is it, a play, a book? I think of that, but I digress. The Buffalo Bills, uh, that's who they are this week. Who I mean, or that's who they are this season, is that they're a completely different team every week. Are, they, are the Bills the team that demolished the Texans and Dolphins by a million points earlier this season and just beat up the Chiefs? Or are they the team that lost to the Titans or the team that uh, whose offense was non-existent against both the Steelers and the goddamn Jaguars? I mean, I don't know. 
<laughs> what version of the Bills is going to show up last week? Last week was embarrassing. Losing to the Jaguars is scoring six points against the Jaguars defense is unbelievable. Now, as much as I want to back NFL MVP Mike White, I am going to go with the Bills here. Main reason being is that the few times I have bet back the Jets this season, um, a big part of the reason why is because of their defense, but their defense is actually not good. Just have been terrible in recent weeks. They're now 29th in opponent yards per play, 25th in opponent yards per pass attempt, 27th in opponent yards per carry. The list goes on. And then you have the Bills defense, which the stats are a little bit misleading because of their schedule so far, um, but they're still easily a top five defense. Now, the stats do put them way in first. Like in opponent yards per play, the Bills right now are first at 4.5, while the next closest defense is the Panthers at 5 yards per play. Now, the, is the Bills defense as good, I mean, that much better than every other defense in the NFL? No. But they're still a very good unit. They're easily a top 5 defensive unit. Whereas the Jets defense is apparently absolutely terrible. Bounce back week for the Bills, I think. I apologize to NFL MVP Mike White. I'll take Bills minus 13, minus 105. Then we got Browns and Patriots. I'm going to back the Browns on the money line here at plus 105. Um, I'm going to stick with pure statistics for this bet. Both teams have shown two different versions of themselves recently. I mean, Browns were my preseason bet. Uh, my preseason Super Bowl bet, sorry, they looked fantastic at the start of the year. Then they went through a stretch where they looked terrible. And then they looked fantastic again last week. So, I mean, they're another kind of team that you never really know what version of them is going to show up. They confuse me a little bit. And then the Patriots looked bad at the start of the year and looked fantastic in recent weeks. But with that being said, I'm going to look at pure statistics this week. Because both teams are kind of confusing from an eye test perspective, I'm going pure statistics this week. And in pure statistics, you got to back Cleveland. Net yards per play, which is the stat, which is offensive yards per play, subtract opponent yards per play. Browns are the best team in the NFL. And if you separate the two, they are fourth in offensive yards per play, third in opponent yards per play. That's surprising to me. But yeah, if you look at, I mean, just a net yards per play perspective, the Browns are the best team in the NFL. They rank first. Now, that hasn't resulted in their record. And they've had a couple stinkers, but numbers are numbers. Now, the Patriots are uh, 20th in yards per play. Now, to be fair, that's not a perfect picture because their offense has evolved over the past few weeks. But if you look at their last three games, they're 14th in yards per play. Browns are 6th in yards per play in the last three games. So, advantage Browns there as well. Patriots are also 9th in opponent, yard, in opponent yards per play. That's worse than the Browns. So, if we're looking at, once again, purely a yards per play perspective, a net yards play perspective... The Browns have the advantage. I will say one advantage the Patriots do have is third down. Both offensively and defensively defensively on third down, they are better than the Browns by a significant margin. Um, it's a tough call. Uh, but anytime there's a tough call, especially a team that's ranking first in the NFL in net yards per play, I'm going to trust that stat. I will take the Browns as underdogs at plus 105. Then we got my... Even though that was a Moneyline underdog pick, I got my official Moneyline underdog pick of the week right now. The Detroit Lions. <laughs> it's hard to even say with a straight face. Plus 310 against the Steelers. Fuck the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even though it wasn't their fault on Monday night, I feel like I got the Bears Moneyline bet ripped from my grasp in that game. 
I feel like I handicapped that game right. I feel like I was on the right side of it. And then it all fell apart for a multitude of reasons, many of which I talked about in the intro. But now this is a grudge bet. The Bears gained the Steelers in that game 414 to 280. If the Bears can get 400 yards plus of offense against the Steelers, then that defense is not as good as people think. And then I don't even need to say anything about their offense. Their offense is terrible. Also, Detroit, not terrible at stopping the run. 16th in opponent yards per carry. If they can slow down the Steelers' run game, Big Ben's not beating them through the air. He stinks. He looks like he's 85 years old out there. The Lions are coming off a bye week. Don't forget that. The Steelers are coming off a short week. Um, Steelers are way worse than a lot of people think. This is not a good football team. They have been lucky several weeks this season. So screw it. I'm taking a shot. Take the spread if you want. What is it? Nine, nine and a half. Take. I love the spread. But this is a grudge bet. I'm pissed that I lost Bears money line on Monday night. Give me Lions plus 310 to get their first win of the season against a team that is not even close to as good as the record in the Steelers. Lions plus 310. Money line underdog of the week. It's a grudge bet. It's It's the first grudge bet of the season. How about that? Uh, Jaguars, Colts, I'll take Jaguars, Jaguars plus 110, minus 105 here, gamble or help me because I am back on the goddamn Jaguars, even though the Colts wiped the floor with the Jets last week, I'm not convinced yet that they're a great football team, their defense is 24th in opponent yards per play, the Jaguars are 26th, Jaguars are also 13th in the stat over the last three games. Colts are 23rd, so if you look at defensive statistics there, they are right next to each other. Colts are also 27th in opponent yards per pass attempt, so Trevor Lawrence should be able to at least get something going through the air in this game. And where the Jaguars' offensive issues arise the most is third down. Dead last in the NFL in third down conversion percentage. That's that's a big, you know, sore spot for the Jaguars, but... The Colts' defense is 21st in opponent uh, third-down conversion percentage. So the Jaguars should be able to start to turn that stat around a little bit this weekend. Um, now, part of me thinks the Colts will just kill them this week, and then I'll, I'll be left on Sunday thinking, oh, yeah, right, the Jaguars actually suck. Why in the world did I bet on them? But the two defenses are comparable, and it's a 10-point spread. So, yes, it's an ugly bet. Let's plug our nose, dive into it. Jaguars plus 10, minus 105. Then we got Saints against the Titans. Saints plus three, minus 120 against the Titans. Let's all pump our brakes on this Titans team. I know they just beat the Rams in impressive fashion on Sunday night, but what do you want to know who had the worst offense last week in the NFL? The worst offense last week in the NFL? Was it the Jaguars who only scored nine points? Was it the Bills who only scored six? No. No, my friends. It was the Titans. Dead last and offensive yards per play last week. They only averaged 3.5 yards per play. If Stafford didn't throw back-to-back pick sixes, it's a completely different game. Now, I know one of them technically wasn't a pick six. It got taken back to the one-yard line, and then they punched it in the next play. So basically, back-to-back pick sixes, that's a completely different game. So even though I hear the talking heads and the analysts on ESPN who just spout stuff without looking at any kind of statistics whatsoever they just go based on whatever their gut feeling says no the titans didn't look just as good with derrick henry out they were literally the worst offense in the nfl last week dead last in the yards per play 
Now, even though Derrick Henry was out, the rush play percentage didn't really drop that far. So their season average and rush play percentage is 47.27%. Last week, they ran the ball on 46.43% of plays. So that's less than a percent drop in that category. So they're still running the ball a ton. And now they face a Saints team that is the best rush defense in the NFL. Teams are only getting 3.2 yards per carry against them. So if the Titans want to beat the Saints... It'll have to be through the air, and I don't think they can get it done. The opposite is true on the other side of things, by the way. The Titans are 23rd in opponent yards per carry, and the Saints have the second highest rate of run play percentage at 49.39%. So Titans run, both teams run the ball a lot. Saints have the best deep run defense in the NFL. Titans are 23rd in run defense. Good stylistic matchup for the Saints here. Styles make fights. I think they keep it close. Saints plus 3, minus 120. Then we're going with the Buccaneers in Washington. I'm taking Buccaneers minus 10, minus 105. I wanted to find a reason to back Washington. I can't do it. Because I think this is the most public play of the week. I think everyone's on the Buccaneers, but for good reason. This Washington defense isn't what it was last year. I don't think they're going to be able to slow down Tom Brady after a bye week. They are 25th in opponent yards per play, 26th in opponent yards per pass attempt, which is even more important considering no team throws the ball more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And also, this is my main point and why I like the Buccaneers here. Washington's red zone offense is terrible. Second last in the NFL in red zone offense. And now they face a Bucs team that is 11th in red zone defense. You can't kick field goals if you want to keep pace with the Bucs offense. And that's what Washington does. I can't imagine the red zone offense is all of a sudden magically going to become very good. So they're going to get stalled. They're going to kick field goals. Good luck keeping up with the Bucks offense if you're kicking field goals. I will not overthink this one. Bucks come out hot after the bye week. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus 10, minus 105. Now, it is time, because we are done the early slate of games on Sunday, it's time for an ad break. We'll be back here in a jiffy. All right, we're back. Panthers-Cardinals, this is my best bet of the week. You probably already heard this. Uh, well, I mean, you did if you watched the the best the bet-sided best bets roundtable video this week. If you haven't, surprise, the Panthers are my best bet of the week, plus 10.5, minus 110. I'm not a believer in this Arizona Cardinals team. They are a good team, but they are not as good as their record indicates, and they are not as good as, as people are hyping them up to be. I don't know if I've seen a team get as many lucky breaks during their games as the Cardinals have. It seems like every time like the Cardinals are stopped or they have like a third and 20, they somehow get get a first down. And then every time that another team is driving against them, they like fumble. The, how many fumbles did the 49ers have against them last week? Eight? Obviously not that many, but it felt like every time the 49ers were driving, they fumbled. Last time I saw a team get this many lucky breaks was the Patriots during the Tom Brady dynasty. <laughs> That's a that's a story for another day, and a story I've already told before. Those Patriots teams are unbelievably lucky, uh, but I think the Cardinals' luck is going to begin to shift here. I think it's going to start this weekend. Yes, the Panthers' offense is bad. I realize that. Sam Darnold's out though, and I'll say the same thing that I said when Zach Wilson got ruled out a couple of weeks ago. P.J. Walker will not be as bad as Sam Darnold, or he can't be worse at least. Now, is he going to come out and throw for 400 yards and be the MVP of the weekend? I mean, likely not. But is he going to throw four interceptions and be the worst quarterback of the weekend? That's also likely not. So, I don't know. Nobody should downgrade the Panthers because Sam Darnold is out. That should be a blessing, if anything. 
Now, the big reason why I'm betting on the Panthers is their defense is still among the best in the NFL. Second in the NFL in opponent yards per play. Third in opponent yards per pass attempt. And the Panthers also take on a Cardinals defense that is second last in NFL in opponent yards per carry. Teams are getting an average of 4.8 yards per rush on the ground against them. You can run the ball against this Cardinals defense. I'll take the Panthers to keep it within the double-digit spread here. Panthers plus 10.5, minus 110. And we got the Vikings and the Chargers. I'm going to take the Vikings plus 3, minus 105. Anytime that the Chargers face a team that can run the football, I have to bet against them. Dalvin Cook looks like he's good to play this weekend despite the controversy, and the Chargers still can't stop the run. They are allowing 5 yards per carry, which is last in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Minnesota is averaging 4.6 yards per carry on offense, which is ninth in the NFL. So, Vikings underdogs, t- they can run the ball. They're taking on the worst run defense in the NFL. Now, the weakness in Minnesota's defense is also the run defense. But, the Chargers don't really run the ball. Sixth lowest rush play percentage. They throw the ball. Now, a lot of the numbers between the two teams are extremely comparable. I think the Chargers are a little bit overrated. But also, to be fair, it feels like every week I'm on the wrong side of the Chargers. It feels like when I bet on them, they lose. When I bet against them, they win. So take that for what it's worth. But I will back the Vikings. Plus three and minus 105. Then we got Eagles-Broncos. And for the ninth time in ten weeks, I'm backing the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I feel at this point, like at this point, I just need to bet on them every week just to keep the bid up. Um, I like them again, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am literally addicted to betting on the Eagles. I'm sorry. I think they are better than their public perception, and they're better than their record. I mean, let's cut right to net yards per play. Which is, like I mentioned, offensive yards per play, subtract opponent yards per play. The Eagles are ninth in the NFL in net yards per play. So no matter what your eye is saying, no matter what your gut says, they have better net yards per play than the following teams. The Cowboys, the Chargers, the Packers, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Titans, the Chiefs, and most importantly, the Broncos. Let me repeat this. Are the, do the Eagles have a good record? No. Have they looked fantastic in their games? No. But if you're a stats person and you look at the numbers, numbers don't lie. The Eagles are ninth in the NFL in net yards per play. Better than the Cowboys, Chargers, Packers, Patriots, Ravens, Titans, Chiefs, and Broncos. And a bunch of other teams. But those are the ones that stuck out to me the most. Those are numbers. They don't lie. Now, you want to praise the Broncos' defense? Well, the Eagles are actually allowing fewer yards per play. So if you're going to praise the Broncos' defense, praise the Eagles' defense. Eagles also third and red zone offense. Broncos are 22nd. Ninth and third down offense. Broncos are 22nd. So, hey, I'm a numbers guy. Eagles have the clear advantage in this game, and they're set as the underdog. Give me Eagles plus 3, minus 120. I'm obligated to back them. I have to. I'm a numbers guy, and the numbers tell me to back them. Moving on, Packers minus three and a half. The juice is plus 105 on this. I thought it was kind of strange, but hey, I'll take it. Um, I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers plays. If he doesn't, then this bet's going to suck because Jordan Love looked terrible. But I still, I feel like everyone keeps talking about Aaron Rodgers. They're talking about Devontae Adams. They're talking about the offense. Nobody's giving the Packers defense the credit that they, that they deserve. 
fifth in opponent yards per play, fifth in opponent yards per pass attempt. You can run the ball against this Packers defense because they are 26th in opponent yards per carry, but the Seahawks are below average at doing that. Seahawks offense is 19th in yards per carry, so I, I don't think the Seahawks are going to all of a sudden turn into a running team and run all over them. Meanwhile, Seahawks defense average at best. Yes, Russell Wilson will be back, but I actually think Pete Carroll needs to be gone. I think he should just, I think this offseason he should just retire and just go off into the sunset. I don't like his scheme. I don't like his play calling. I think the game has passed him by. I mean, he is, isn't he like, like way older than you think because he's actually like pretty spry? Uh, he's 70 years old. I mean, he, for 70 years old, he looks and acts and sounds fantastic, but he's old. He's the oldest coach in the NFL. The game has passed him by. He needs to just go off into the sunset. Packers minus three and a half. Easy bet for me on their home field here. Um, as long as Rodgers plays. If he doesn't, then this bet's going to suck. But I'll take Packers minus three and a half plus 105. We got Sunday night football here. Um, once again, back on the underdog here. Raiders plus two and a half. Even money against the Chiefs. I mean, I say the same thing about the Chiefs every week. Do I really need to repeat myself? I will continue to bet against this team until they prove me I shouldn't. And week in and week out, they prove me the opposite. They prove to me that I should continue to bet against them, so I will continue to bet against them. What are they now, like 2-18 and against this spread in their last 20 games? Something like that. They couldn't even cover the spread against Jordan Love last week, who, like I said, looked like the worst quarterback I've seen in the past decade. Now, I will say, to be fair to the Chiefs' defense, um, they, their defense actually has started to play better. Uh, I think Mina Kimes tweeted out that the Chiefs are playing a lot more cover too, and that's why they've been playing better in recent weeks, so fair enough to them. But as soon as their defense started playing better, their offense started playing worse. Listen to this. Over each team's last three NFL games, so each team in the NFL, you look at their last three games they've played this season, you look at yards per play, the Chiefs' offense is fourth last. <laughs> what is going on? Could you imagine like preseason like telling someone like going back uh in in time and telling someone uh, before the season started about how bad this Chiefs offense would be they would think that either Patrick Mahomes got hurt or something else happened over last three ever over each NFL team's last three games Chiefs offense fourth last in yards per play what is going on and now they play a Raiders defense that is fourth in opponent yards per play and second in opponent yards per pass attempt. And then there's the Raiders offense, which I just mentioned last three NFL uh, games for each team. The Raiders offense is first in yards per play. So if you look at every single team's last three games, Chiefs third lot or sorry, fourth last in yards per play, Raiders first. But yet the Raiders are home underdogs. Why? Because everyone assumes that the Chiefs are all of a sudden going to look like the Chiefs of old which maybe they will. I'm not going to bet on it happening, though. I will continue to fade the Chiefs until they prove me otherwise, and they haven't yet, so I will continue to bet against them. Raiders plus 2.5 at even money. And then Monday Night Football, I'm sorry because it's the last game of the week, so I, I mean I should have a big deep dive into it, but I really don't. I'll take Rams minus 4, minus 110 against the 49ers. I still believe in the Rams. I think last week was an anomaly game. Those two Matt Stafford pick sixes completely change the game. They're second in yards per play, sixth in opponent yards per play. I think they're the most complete team in the NFL. 49ers are 14th in opponent yards per pass attempt. I think the Rams can move the ball through the air. I don't trust Jimmy G. I don't trust Kyle, Kyle Shanahan as much as I used to. 
statistically, really, I mean, I looked at this game up and down. There's not really too many significant things to point out. Both teams are solid. 49ers are slightly worse in most categories. I think it's a bounce back game. I think the Rams. I think the Rams are the best team in the league, and they're going to prove it on Monday night. That's really all, all I have to say about this game. Rams minus four, minus one ten against the 49ers. So there you have it. I will recap this. These uh, my picks. I will not go through them too fast. I will try to go a little bit slow, um, and I'll give you my best bets. And I will remember this week to give out a teaser. More on that in a second. Thursday night football. Rams. Rams. Ravens minus seven and a half, minus one fifteen against the Dolphins. Sunday's games we got Falcons plus nine, minus one fifteen against the Cowboys. We have the Bills minus thirteen, minus one hundred five against the Jets. Browns plus one hundred five on the money line against the Patriots. My money line underdog pick of the week is Lions plus three ten on the money line against the Steelers. Jaguars plus ten, minus one hundred five against the Colts. Saints, plus 3, minus 120 against the Titans. Buccaneers, minus 110, minus 105 against Washington. Panthers, plus 10.5, minus 110 against the Cardinals. Uh, Vikings, plus 3, minus 105 against the Chargers. Eagles, plus 3, minus 120 against the Broncos. Packers, minus 3.5, plus 105 against the Seahawks. Raiders, plus 2.5, even money against the Chiefs. And then the Rams, minus 4, minus 110 against the 49ers. So a couple things to note. Number one, no total bets this week. All spread in money line. And how many favorites am I on? One, two, three. Once again, this is great podcasting. Uh, Four, five. So I'm on nine underdogs and five favorites. Okay, that's not as lopsided as I thought, actually. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Here are my top five best bets. Cardinals plus 10.5. Saints plus 3. Packers minus 3. Yeah, Packers minus 3.5. Raiders plus 2.5. Rams minus 4. Cardinals, Saints, Packers, Raiders, Rams are my top three bets. Teaser. I know that I forgot to give it a teaser on last week's podcast. That was a mistake. Um, I tweeted one out and it's still lost. I I, I think I hit the first leg of it. But the second leg, I needed uh, Rams minus one and a half, and I lost outright. So my teaser this week, we're going to tease the Panthers from ten and a half up to sixteen and a half, and we're going to tease the Browns from plus one and a half to seven and a half. So now we got Panthers plus sixteen and a half, Browns plus seven and a half. That's my best six point teaser of the week. There you have it, friends. That's all. That's all I got. It's late. It's now quarter to two in the morning. And I still got to edit this and get this up. So tomorrow's going to be a long day. I'm not going to get much sleep. But hey, I love it. I love it. I love it. College basketball season is back. Every sport is in except for baseball, it seems like right now. I don't know. I don't know what else you want me to say. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it, review it. I appreciate all that. Uh, all the, all of the, you who have done that. And that's it. I don't know. I don't have anything to plug now that I have ads in the show. I guess you can still tip me Ian Mac 35 on Cash App and Venmo, but I've I've ads now, so I'm going to stop plugging that. Subscribe, rate, review. I don't know. That's it. Best of luck whether you decide to tail me, fade me, a mix of both, make your own picks, whatever you decide to do. Best of luck this weekend. I love you all and I'll talk to you all next week. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.